If you haven't got problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. At this time, enjoy a delicious frothy beverage as the most powerful men in Canada discuss top tech. This week, media appliances. <laughs> Did you say meaty appliances? I'm sure, I'm sure that's what he said. <laughs> So, uh, well, actually, this is a part two, isn't it? Well, kind of. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how to collect videos and content and the changes that are happening with storage on discs and Blu-ray and all those different types of things and how they're moving to streaming and downloadable content. The next stage is you've got all that stuff. Well, are you going to just plug your computer directly into your television and play it that way? You can do that. No, please don't do that. But, but don't do we that. We hate Adams. You know, I've got a laptop, and that's the way I did it for the longest time. And I actually set my desk up purposely in my living room close to my television set so that the HDMI cable would reach and I could plug it in there. And so, Max at the time also had front row on them. Yes. Yeah, which I, I never really used that. But, yeah, you could do that. I, I, I didn't. But interfaces on your computer is problematic, and then you can't use your computer for anything else. And also... If you don't have your computer there, then no one else in your house can watch your content. Ooh, so there's a lot of different I, other ways to get multimedia downloaded, streamed content on your television. I have an industry term for everybody. Uh, it's, what, it's what's known as a 10-foot interface. And anytime you buy a media appliance, <laughs> anytime you buy a media appliance, um, we're talking about things like the Apple TV, as an example. You're, you're using something that is actually much like your satellite television box or your digital TV box at home that is meant to provide you a guide and meant to be readable at a, at a distance of 10 feet. Uh, and trying to use a computer interface at a distance of, mm-hmm. of 10 feet is just way too difficult. Yeah, so the computer interface is designed by its people who design computers to be mm-hmm. w- probably within two or three feet of the screen when you're using it, not 10 feet, which is for Canadians, <laughs> you know, three meters. Three yeah, three meters and some change. Yeah, it's three meters and a buck sixty-five. Let's be honest. Thing, the other thing that, by default, the computer's interface is a mouse and keyboard-driven interface. You can add things to your computer to allow you to control it in a different manner, but that's really not ideal for controlling a television set. And you know, DVD players and Blu-rays and and cable boxes and satellite have used remotes, infrared and and RF remotes really effectively for years. Don't forget ultrasonic. Of course, oh, yeah. I always forget ultrasonic. But you're here to remind the Zenith Space Command. <laughs> but yeah, the the, the not only is this, the, the I'm sorry, I just remembered the, the Zenith Space Command. The very sorry, first remote talking. control for television it used ultrasonics. Moving on, it was really cool. You clicked a button and it rang against something inside the remote, and you couldn't hear, it, but the TV could hear it. It you could hear you making clicky sounds inside the remote. It was really cool. Anyway, uh, the way the screens are laid out the way the interface for keyboard and mice, they're just really not meant for watching at the 10-foot distance of a display. And so, so we can, there's all sorts of other technology that's more useful. But we can walk into a store right now and buy these things. We can actually go buy a media appliance, set up ready to go, and there's a whole bunch of them. There are a plethora of them. I mean, run that down the names. WDTV, BoxyBox, the Nexus Q, this Ouya thing that's coming out. The Logitech Review, which was a Google TV-based device. Uh, the Apple TV itself, like I mentioned earlier. The Google TV. And you can also use a lot of 
game systems as well. You can use the Wii or the PlayStation 3 or uh, Xbox. The Xbox 360 is actually a very popular way of doing the same kind of thing. A lot of TVs have this functionality built into them now too as well. It's true. You can add a network connection to your television or use wireless and do a lot of multimedia stuff on your television. Although I've found that the interface on most of the televisions for that kind of media consumption is really, really terrible. Much like everything, there are some good ways to do this and there are some terrible ways to do this. The perspective for the general audience is uh, you might decide that I'm going to go to the store and buy an LG TV and get, a, get one of their smart TVs and try to use that. But if you're going to go do that, buy a TV that has the interface built into it because you're like, oh, it's now it's all one device. You are stuck with whatever it looks like on TV and you're stuck with all the bad design decisions that LG or Panasonic or Philips or whomever that they've made. They have made bad decisions. Trust us. Exactly. Because TV manufacturers, they want you to buy the TV and have all these really cool features and stuff. A lot of times, they're not interested in developing and designing an interface. And weirdly enough, we just mentioned the WDTV. That's made by a company called Western Digital, who makes hard drives. And they saw that a great way to sell more hard drives was to say, hey, wait, if we make a device that you can plug a bunch of our external hard drives into that you have a whole bunch of hosted media on them, and we can let people play media back, because that's why people are buying bigger and bigger hard drives. And Western Digital got into it and actually designed a pretty good starter device around, it was like 129 bucks or whatever. It's, it's now down to $100, and I'd say it's probably the best all-around device. If you're looking to go out and buy something, well, you don't even have to plug it into a network. It's got wireless on it now. Just plug it into your TV, turn on sharing on your computer, download files from wherever, wherever, and play them on your TV. That's probably the easiest way to go. Yeah, absolutely. The interface, I feel, leaves a little something to be desired. It's not whiz-bang, but it certainly is very functional. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Apple TV is also a very good price point. It's $99, and it's, it's a decent interface, and it has functionality that can be added upon as the software develops. It is really quite good if you've bought a bunch of your content through iTunes already. If, if you live in Apple's world and you don't mind yes. paying money for stuff through the iTunes system, then yeah, the Apple TV is a great system. Also, gets regular updates, which means that you're going to get new functionality probably reliably every year or so. WDTV, I think they have a developer community too that actually is working on firmware updates all the time, aren't they? If you're, if you're getting that close to the metal, there's some better options. Oh yeah, that's a good point. And the Apple TV is one of those things where it's fairly closed, and unless you wanted to get your hands dirty with some heavy-duty hacking, there's not a lot of customization that you can do with the Apple TV. You're kind of stuck with the way that Apple wants you to use it. One thing I would like to mention, uh, I have a boxy box, and this is a very unusual cube-shaped device. I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ian was talking good game about the Boxy Box to me for quite some time uh, because Boxy is based on a, some software that he really likes that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, he had said, you know, this is supposed to be the holy grail. You'll be able to stream media online. You'll be able to do Netflix with it. You'll be able to do all sorts of cool things. Plus, all your local media, it will actually sort and organize your local media, and it's going to be really, really cool, and it's only going to be 200 bucks. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And he's like, and... They say the hardware is going to be open, so for a geek, you'll be able to you know, do your own updates or make changes or do all these other kind of things, put other software on there. I'm like, wow, so I can buy a little PC that goes in my stereo cabinet that will do all this stuff for me automatically. It is 
it is 80% of the way there, and I've had it for over a year, and it's been 80% of the way there for over a year, and I don't think it's ever going to get any better. They talked about putting Hulu on it, and if you live in the States, that's important, but in Canada, we don't get Hulu, which is a streaming solution that only the States has access to. It does Netflix, but we had to wait a bit for Netflix to show up, and then finally, you know, it, it did get there eventually. The one thing I do like it for is that, yes, it does track all of my stuff. It's not very good at figuring out file names and pulling down thumbnails to make a very pretty movie poster that I can that you can look at when you're choosing all your movies you want to watch. But like I say, BoxyBox is 80% of the way there. They're probably going to make a new one, so I'd hold off on buying one of the old ones uh, and maybe see what the new one's like. But we know there are much better options than that The Boxy. problem with the BoxyBox is you say it's 80% of the way there. The problem is that that 80% is done better by other devices. Oh, absolutely. And the 20% that it doesn't hit is done and done properly by other solutions. Yeah, it's not like that. this is impossible stuff to do. They just have not been able to do it on the boxy box. Kind of been fraught with a lot of issues that I've gotten used to. I spent the $200 and I'm like, you know what? I'm This is good enough for me. But I wouldn't recommend people buy it. I'd recommend people think about buying something else. So, so let's finish up here quickly. Uh, we talked about the WTV, which we like. We talked about the Apple TV, which we like. Let's finish up talking about the things we don't like and you shouldn't buy. Windows Media Center. Stay away. Yep, just don't. A lot, of, a lot of work. Computer. A lot of better, better ways to do it on your computer. Yeah. Plex. I've never Plex. used Plex. I think I've you need a Plex Mac. a little bit. No, it, I think it runs on a bunch of different things. It runs on a bunch of different things. It's going the way of Boxy. It's getting more and more, let's say, corporate happy oh. and corporate friendly. Okay. And now keep in mind, Plex isn't a hardware appliance. Plex is software that you can run on some of these hardware appliances as well. And again, you're, you're going to be needing a computer for that usually. Best. Google TV. Yeah, Google TV. Just just no. I wouldn't really bother because uh, I really no, like nobody the, I saw who reviewed it said that it actually worked uh, properly. I like the idea of Google TV, but their implementation of it was really weak. So much so that the Nexus Cube, which was the newest Google TV appliance that they've just announced recently, they've announced that they're basically giving it to for free to anyone who pre-ordered and going to redo it and make it better because no one who wasn't crazy and pre-ordered it, it was going to want it. It's not going to be a good product in the consumer realm. The Nexus Q is meant to be Google's competition against the Apple TV. I don't even know how it does TV. I don't know if it runs Google TV or it runs, I think it was an Android device. Nobody even really seems to know what the uh, Nexus Q does anyway. That's well, true. I think it's an amplifier for your speakers also. It is. It, it had an amplifier. The remote was another Android device. Oh, so that's right. You have the content on there and you didn't have that. It was a device that required another device. Yeah, and plus it was $300, which means it was even more expensive than buying an Apple TV, which I think are 100 bucks right now. So. Yeah. Surprisingly, though, it was built in the USA. Yeah, so that's... That's what but, happens. But I think the problems with it were a lack of features and price. So if you haven't heard your favorite media center option and you think that we've missed out on something, you can email Johnny. <laughs> I was going to say direct all your inquiries to Brian Wilson at 30 Rockefeller Plaza in BC. Or you're a bigger <laughs> nerd than we are, and uh, yes. that just might happen. Or we haven't mentioned our favorite yet. XBMC. I loved the boxy box because I knew it was based on XBMC. So let's start off saying, what is XBMC? XBMC used to be a program called Xbox Media Center, an open source piece of software for the hacked 
versions of the original Xbox. That's the first really big black one that had the big X on top of it. Yes, indeed. The Hugh Egg-like Xbox. This is possibly the best example in my mind of what open source software can be. Mm. This was just an open source community created project, completely free, that you were allowed to download, put on your Xbox, to play and sort your media, be it music, pictures, or videos. Now, there have been other open source attempts. A program called Myth TV comes to mind, uh, and they're still in development. Myth TV's thing was to not only be just a media playback software, it was also meant to be a DVR. I set up a box, and I played with it for a while, and I, and I liked it well enough because it was free, because XBMC was only the Xbox, but now XBMC is everywhere. Now, what does XBMC do? Well... It's basically your one-stop shop for playing media. From any source, yeah. For playing media, yeah, from any source. It'll play anything you throw at it, pretty much. It doesn't need you to transcode all your files in order to get them to work with XBMC. Just work. High def, standard def, music, pictures. You install this on the device you want to use, which can be a (laughs) Linux computer or an Apple TV, or a Macintosh computer, or any number of other devices. If you go to xbmc.org, they'll give you the instructions on how to install it. It includes a library feature, which catalog all of your pieces of media and keep track of episode titles and episode synopsis, what you've watched, what you haven't watched. It's amazingly customizable. There's a tremendous plugin architecture for it, which expands it so you can look at YouTube. Yeah. We actually used it to watch the uh, the NASA Mars landing. Back oh, awesome. Happened. It's using online sources that everyone is already using, like like IMDB is my understanding. But you can also, you can say, well, I want to use mm-hmm. themoviedb.com, I think is another one. It's actually, and as my understanding, is almost a better database in some respects for pulling down data. I want to describe the experience. Imagine being able to sit at home and you have some DVDs or some Blu-rays that you've ripped onto your storage device that sits in your house, right? So then you turn on your XBMC device on your TV. brings up a big, beautiful interface. You use a remote. You can use remotes with this to navigate to the thing that says movies. And then a big movie library pops up with a whole bunch of movie posters for all the stuff that you have on your storage device. All that information was pulled down. So then you're like, oh, I want to watch Goon. So you click on the entry for Goon. It'll bring up a big movie poster. It'll say this was directed by so-and-so. It stars these certain people. Here's a synopsis. Here's a rating. You can get the ratings from Rotten Tomatoes. You can get the IMDb rating as well. He can organize all this stuff for you. And you're like, well, I don't want to watch Goon. I'd rather watch The Godfather. And so you go over to that. Same thing. Very easy to navigate. Very visual. And all you have to do is hit enter, and then you're watching your movie. Now, there's a couple caveats here to this. XBMC does take a little bit of technical expertise to be able to use. You've got to be able to go to a website, download some software, put it on a stick or put it on a DVD. And actually, that's really about it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they do, well, you it, do it, have it, just to drop it onto a computer and boot off that stick and you're, and you're going. Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated if you're trying to run it on a device that doesn't allow you to install software. For instance, the Apple TV. And you do have to bring your own device, that said, either an Apple TV or a computer or actually just those two things. But uh, if you are going to go the route of using a computer... Best do some reading around on the XBMC webpage to look at the, some of the recommended computers that they suggest, because that will save you a lot of time and headache and setup. The downside of it is that you can't just go out and walk into your local future shop and, and say, I want to buy this XBMC device that's sitting on their shelf. You just can't do that with if that. If you want to do that, 
go buy a WDTV or go buy an Apple TV, depending on where you get your media from. Exactly. But if you want the best experience in managing your media, watching things on your TV. Yeah, watching things. Have a look into XBMC. You've got all this great content. You shouldn't be watching it on a little computer screen. You shouldn't have to plug in your normal computer into your television in order to watch it. You should have a dedicated box that can watch it and that is a great interface for. And there's a lot of different hardware options, but XBMC is definitely the best software to use. And buy remote. Yeah, actually, I'll put a link in the show notes, which you can view at toptech.tiltyhouse.com for the best remote. <laughs> so, for the most powerful men in Canada, I'm Johnny Blakebrew. I'm Ian Horner. And I'm eagerly awaiting a jailbroken third-gen Apple TV. I'm Brendan Beach Deary. Thanks for listening. The most powerful men in Canada would love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at toptech.tiltyhouse.com if you have any comments or if there are any subjects you'd like us to cover in a future show.